0: it's in the book, SummerSlam 2019, which means it's time for our instant reaction podcast here on the Evan Roberts Podcast. First of all, let me address the Mets very briefly. As pissed off as I was that they couldn't complete the sweep against the Washington Nationals, as concerning as team defense continues to be, we saw the Pete Alonzo play in the first inning, even though it was, let's be honest, a lot of it was that on Jacob DeGrom somehow kind of slowing down before first base the real concern is Edwin Diaz he sucks that's the ultimate concern and I think I said this on Friday with JJ if the Mets are gonna go on that deep run that we are dreaming of Edwin Diaz needs to be competent they need to be able to rely on him and I think Mickey Calloway basically said the same thing but overall it was a great weekend It still doesn't feel real that there were three sellout crowds at City Field. Uh, The electricity was like it was a playoff game. And we'll see if they can build off it coming up in the next week or so, in the next month and a half or so. We still have a month and a half left in this season. As far as SummerSlam is concerned, they did what they needed to do. I said this on the preview. You needed to make sure that Seth Rollins was put over in the main event against Brock Lesnar, and not only was he put over, not only did Seth get the victory, recapturing the Universal Championship, I thought this turned into a hell of a match. And for most of this event, the matches kind of sucked. Now, for most of this event, it was very, very blah. And it was a very mediocre pay-per-view. And I really thought the last two matches of the night, and we'll get into all of them, but the last two matches of the night, the Fiend Bray Wyatt and then Rollins over Lesnar, I think sort of saved the show because I thought for the most part, the rest of it sort of stunk. As far as the Brock Seth match was concerned, there's a couple of things I really like. And I, and I mentioned this in the preview. I wasn't sure what they should do. I just knew Seth needed to recapture the Universal title. We need a champion who's on the show every week. We've seen the Brock Lesnar song and dance for a while now. I thought at times it has worked. It was not going to work now. And it was a cool little storyline. They, they had Brock win money in the bank. He eventually cashes in. Seth has to beat him again. That's fine. Now we can move on from Brock Lesnar and figure out what the hell they want to do with him if they still have more dates on his contract. But they put together, and I would guess off the top of my head, a 15-minute match. Now at WrestleMania, when they hooked up, it was the opening match of the show, and it was two and a half minutes long, and it was fine. I said it at the time. It was fine because they really put Seth Rollins over. Here, we got ourselves a hell of a match. And, you know, in typical Brock Lesnar match fashion, and I like Brock Lesnar matches, by the way. I'm not saying that in a sarcastic way. We got a lot of finishers early. We got a lot of close calls early, thinking, oh, wow, this this match could end in 35 seconds. And then you had the bruising hits You had Seth doing the frog splash from the top rope onto the announce table. You had the last sequence, which I thought was really, really cool. I love, and it's tough these days because there's so many false finishes in matches when they can really make you believe, oh, the match is over. Oh, wait a second, it's not. And I thought they did a really good job of that in the last minute and a half of this match. When Seth hits the frog splash again, then hits the curb stomp, I thought, all right, that's it. Brock kicks out of it, and then they gave you, and I love this, the tease when Seth is going for another curb stomp. He's got the crowd on his side. Brock turns into what looks like an F5 because he catches him. Seth escapes, hits another curb stomp, ball game over, Rollins wins. I loved it. I thought it was a really good match. And they gave you the ending you absolutely needed. And here's the other thing that was impressive. The crowd at the beginning of this match... Booed. At least I took it this way through the television. I thought they booed Seth Rollins. I thought that the crowd in Toronto, for whatever reason, not that they were pro Brock Lesnar, because when they did their you know the intros in the middle of the ring, Brock still got plenty of booze. I think there was somebody sitting there with that uh, "if Brock wins, we riot" sign. But the crowd, for whatever reason, at the beginning didn't love Seth Rollins, and I think Seth won him over because it was an outstanding match. And Seth Rollins now twice in the last how many months gets a a clean-as-a-whistle victory against Brock Lesnar. So even though his title run was interrupted for the last month by Brock taking the universal title, I think now you've reestablished Seth as a very, very strong champion. In fact, a stronger champion than Kofi Kingston. Because what a waste of time that turned out to be. You know, one thing about Kofi... Since he won the championship at WrestleMania, is they've been giving him new, fresh opponents basically every month. He gets a victory and he moves on. They give us Randy Orton, who nobody cares about. I, I, nobody gives a damn about Randy Orton. Go fine, put him in the Hall of Fame. He's been a champion 14 times. I mean, how many times do we need to see RKO out of nowhere? He goes into that stupid routine that was never cool, where he starts hitting the mat. I, I mean, as you can tell, I'm, I'm not a big Randy Orton fan. But okay, fine. You want to give Randy Orton a title shot? Okay, fine. You want to build this off of something from 2009 nobody remembers? Okay, fine. But then you give us the double countout? And not only the double countout, they give us the double countout based on, I think, something we saw last year at SummerSlam, which is let's get the heel to be mean to the family. Didn't they do that with Samoa Joe and AJ Styles? Except the difference was Samoa Joe did it well. Samoa Joe going after verbally AJ's wife. while well, I didn't love it was better than what Randy Orton looking at Kofi Kingston's kids. Is that is that basically what it was? It was awful. It was terrible. Well, well do we need that? Do we need Ra- first of all? Do we need more of Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston? Number one, let's just Kofi beat him and move on, and then. What causes Kofi to lose his mind and beat him with a kendo stick and a double countout, which also came out of nowhere, when the hell do we ever see a double countout? All of a sudden, they're enforcing that now? It's like when I got the ticket for biking through a red light. When the hell do they enforce that? Now they're enforcing double countouts. Cool. But I barely noticed that Randy Orton was even talking to Kofi Kingston's kids. This feud sucks. And this was a part of what was lousy over the first two hours of SummerSlam. You give us a Randy Orton-Kofi Kingston match that lasted 17 minutes, wasn't that good of a match to begin with, and you end it with a double countout? I mean, really? That's that's what we're doing? That means we have to see another Randy Orton-Kofi Kingston match. Who needs that? What? Do, do we want that? So, I, I mean, I, I tell you, I didn't like that WWE Championship match. But the other thing that was really good... And I, I don't think I'm alone on this. The, the temperature I saw from Twitter was that most people loved the new Bray Wyatt character. They're calling him the Fiend. The Fiend. The Fiend. The Fiend? The Fiend? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't like when they force us to call somebody by a nickname. But I understand why in this case you have to di- differentiate potentially between Bray Wyatt's characters. So, there's a lot of this that I love, and there's a lot of this that I don't love. I'll start with the stuff I don't love, because the stuff I don't love is very simple. It's just that Finn Balor needed to be treated like a like a jobber. That I didn't like. And that goes back to the fact that when Bray Wyatt is going to make his debut as this new character, can you put him up against somebody not Finn Balor? Now, if Finn Balor is going to disappear for six months and come back and then get a brand new push. And we've seen that before. We've just seen it with Bray Wyatt, who has gone for almost a year. Uh, we saw it with Kevin Owens. I mean, Kevin Owens was gone for a while, and I think now uh, he's getting a, a relatively good push. We'll see how long it lasts. I guess I'm okay with it then. But I'm a big fan of Finn Balor. I think he's got a chance to be a main eventer. I think he's as over with the crowd as anybody, and it just sucks that he needed to be just destroyed In two and a half minutes. Now that we got the negative out of the way, uh, this fiend Bray Wyatt character is sick, but different and very cool. I think when they started this whole Firehouse, Funhouse thing, it was very weird. It was very different. And while very entertaining, I was skeptical of okay, well, where is this thing going now? And at least in his first match, where it's going is even more bizarre than the original Bray Wyatt. And so far, so good. He wrestles with that creepy mask. Okay. May take a while to get used to that, but he's he's doing that. But the topper is that he shows up into the ring with his own decapitated head. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't watch SummerSlam or don't watch wrestling, that sentence has to be really weird to you. More than anything else I've said, that the guy walked into the ring with his own decapitated head. But that's what it was. Obviously, it was fake. It wasn't really his head. But I think it was his head, right? Wasn't that supposed to be the Bray Wyatt Fiend character? But he walks in with what looks like... I don't even know how to describe this. I mean, again, I assume everybody watched SummerSlam who's actually listening to this, or else why the hell are you listening? But what was that, like a jack-o'-lantern? That was screwed up. But it was cool. I, I think everything about his intro was cool. The fact that he had the old Bray Wyatt music except they made it creepier and louder and cooler. The fact that he wrestled with the mask, I'm okay with. uh, And then they made him dominant. No, they made him kick Finn Balor's ass. Again, I didn't like that it was Finn Balor getting his ass kicked. We've actually already seen a Bray Wyatt-Finn Balor feud. In fact, we even saw it at SummerSlam two years ago. Not that we're supposed to remember that. And I liked how he mandible clawed him into a pin. The Fiend Bray Wyatt character is very cool and very different. That's the key. It feels sometimes like we're watching the same thing. I mentioned that earlier with the Kofi Kingston-Randy Orton feud, how now we're getting the family involved. We saw that a year ago with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. So this is different. Where they take Bray Wyatt from here, I'm fascinated by. Does he wrestle as numerous characters? Do they try to take a page out of the Mick Foley fan... playbook considering he is using the mandible claw does he have numerous characters does he wrestle sometimes as the nice and friendly bray wyatt and he's a face i kind of like that idea (laughs) it does harken back to the old mick foley days except i think this actually would be better because when mick wrestled as mankind cactus jack and dude love it was sort of a joke i don't think this would be a joke i think it would be kind of crazy it's kind of cool. But those, and that was obviously the second to last match. So the Bray Wyatt thing was awesome, and the main event was awesome. Now, before that, I really, I was just so uninspired by everything. Let's start at the beginning. They opened the show with Becky Lynch against Natalia. The match wasn't bad. I'm not going to tell you it was a bad match. It was a fine match. The problem is I can't take Natty serious as a competitor for the Raw Women's Championship against Becky Lynch, who just made an event at WrestleMania. Remember her? The man, as over as anybody in the company. And now you're putting her up against Natty, who, let's face it, couldn't even get that many applause in Canada. She comes out with a freaking Canadian flag, and she's not nearly as over as Becky Lynch. The match was fine. This was not a bad match by any stretch. It's just that You know, Natty's been around for a while. She's a fine wrestler. I can't really take her serious fighting for the Raw Women's title against Becky Lynch. Good match. She had that sharpshooter against the post. That was kind of cool. She had the sharpshooter on Becky in the middle of the ring. She gets out of it. She reverses it into the arm bar. And she makes her tap out and gets the victory. Decent match. Just a tough time thinking Natty could win. And kind of laughing about the fact that even in Canada, even with her pandering, To the Canadian audience, she is still not nearly as over as Becky Lynch. The Goldberg stuff. (laughs) Bill Goldberg against Dolph Ziggler. Number one, the good. They did successfully get the stench of Saudi Arabia off of Bill Goldberg. Good job out of them. They did that with The Undertaker last month. Now they did it with Bill Goldberg. I I wanted there to be more of a match, though. And I thought early on we were going to get that because Ziggler hits those early super kicks and goes for the quick counts against Goldberg. I mean, do we really need to make Bill Goldberg look that strong that he kicks out at one? How about Ziggler super kicks him and Bill Goldberg, who's over 50, actually doesn't kick out till two and a half? Give us the fake, oh, my God, Dolph's about to beat Goldberg in 30 seconds. You can't even give us that? You got to make the senior citizen kick out at freaking one? Who is he? Hulk Hogan now? You know what surprised me, though? I I am actually genuinely surprised that Bill Goldberg was so over with the crowd. And, And the reason I say that is when Bill Goldberg came to the WWE, this first First time with the WWE in 2003. Remember when he showed up, interrupted The Rock's promo after WrestleMania, after WrestleMania 19. They had their matchup backlash. Then he feuded with Chris Jericho. Then he had a, a long-winded feud with Triple H. The crowd turned on Goldberg the, the, the second night he was there. First night he's there, he shows up, he interrupts The Rock. Crowd goes crazy. They love it. By the second appearance, the crowd was already turning on him. Now, you could tell me all day, well, the WWE didn't book him right. Okay, fine. They didn't book him right. But the crowd still couldn't wait to turn on him, even before they started booking him incorrectly. So fast forward to 2019. We live in a world in which you think that the wrestling fan doesn't love the part-timer, likes the young wrestler, right? The AEW crowd. They, They love that. Why the hell would Bill Goldberg be over? He's 50, number one. He put together, and he deserves a lot of the blame, for the awful final five minutes of his match with The Undertaker. Dolph Ziggler is, I would think, the internet darling. He's a really good wrestler and all that. And the crowd, which maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Maybe the crowd isn't what I think it is. Maybe I'm assuming the crowd are the people I just described, those who really like good wrestling you know, and like AEW. Maybe, maybe that's who isn't in the crowd. But nevertheless, I still was surprised Bill Goldberg is as over as he was. So Bill kills him, obviously. After the two super kicks, he does his, you know, he does his thing. He does his shtick. He does his spear. He does his jackhammer. He gets the victory. Not what I wanted, but we all knew Goldberg was going to win. I have no idea why they felt necessary to have Dolph Ziggler look like a tool By grabbing the microphone out of breath and saying, "Eh, Goldberg, I want more. Whatever the hell he said. And Goldberg has to come back, spear him one more time. Then he leaves. I figure, okay, that's it. Music goes off. Ziggler does it again. Goldberg comes back out. Looks like he's going to shake his hand or something. And then spears him a fourth time or a third time. Uh, What was the point of that? Are they doing something with Dolph Ziggler? And by something, what is it? Is it just burying him? I mean, is that, is that what we're doing? It, you could have ended it with Goldberg beat him in a minute and a half. I, I don't know if we necessarily needed all of that. Now, is this Bill Goldberg's last match? I'm actually going to go with yes. I really am. I changed my mind. I think in the past I'd say, nah, he'll fight 10 more times. I actually think this is it for him. I, I think that he probably felt, after the Saudi Arabia thing, let me come back. Let me get the stench off me. I'm in the Hall of Fame and that's it. I, I've, I've altered my view on this. I think a few weeks ago I would have said Bill's got you know 35 matches more in him. But I think he realizes this is it. Because what, what more would you do with him? You know, this is what they have booked him to do in his second go around in the WWE has actually, to their credit, been brilliant. I give them credit. They have booked him so much better in this ni- 2017, 2018, 2019, whatever years it was. They have booked him so much better than they did in 2003. I'd be the first one to admit it. But from here, I don't think there's really anything else for him. You certainly can't put him up against a legend because that match will just be terrible. You have to put him up against somebody young, or I guess he just crushes anybody he faces. Here's the big disappointment of the night. AJ Styles and Ricochet. Terrible match. Match did absolutely nothing for me. And I don't think it was because of Ricochet's gear, which was odd. I thought the ma- the match was boring. Uh, I thought the crowd was mostly dead. I think what sort of salvaged it at the end was the ending was very good. Uh, I definitely have to agree with that. The ending of the match was very, very cool, and that was when AJ caught him from the top row, put him right into the Styles ca- Clash, and then beat him, and that was it. But the rest of the match did nothing for me, and I think we just need to move on from this feud, and I'd like to see what are they going to do with a faction, a faction that's got three belts now, They got the tag team title belts. They have the U.S. championship, which I think A.J. is above. But at least for now, he's going to be a a strong mid-card guy. I guess that's where he's going. I don't think they put him into a feud with Seth Rollins, especially while holding on to the U.S. title. So I'm a fan of factions. There was a day where Vince was a fan of factions because they would have 170 of them going on at the same time. I don't like the name of this faction, the OGs. It's very lame. But I'm giving them a shot. I want to see what they do now. But they got to move on from Ricochet. I thought they had some good matches. The match tonight did nothing for me. Another match that did nothing for me. See, this was the part of the show that sucked. Bailey against Ember Moon. Could not care less. Bailey got a clean victory. Great. She's still SmackDown Women's Champion. Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon. The, the the only thing I would do differently here, and Kevin got the victory. They made him have to overcome all the odds. Elias was an outside referee, and it was very similar to the Attitude Era with Stone Cold Steve Austin have, having to overcome McMahon and his henchmen, and yet even had Kevin Owens using the Stone Cold Stunner, which is still very difficult to get used to. The only thing I would have done differently is the whole angle on this match was if Kevin Owens loses, he has to quit. Well, what happens to Shane McMahon? Because I think most of us want to be done with Shane McMahon. We're done with him. That's it. Let's move on. And we don't necessarily get that from this Owens victory. So that's what I want to see what happens next. Not only for Shane McMahon, we want him to disappear, but for Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens, right now they have a shot with Kevin Owens the face. They have the crowd loving him. He's kind of a mini CM Punk with the pipe bomb, even though it really wasn't a pipe bomb, but they tried to make it seem that way. What do they do with Kevin Owens the face? Can they keep the momentum going, or are they going to blow it? You want my prediction? They're going to blow it. Then you had what I have to admit, I'm going to admit it, was a very solid match, and that was Charlotte against Trish Stratus. Again! The crowd loves the Attitude Era, and they love the part-time performer because here's Trish Stratus as the part-time performer. And I said this in the preview. Trish Stratus was never a very good wrestler, and a part of that wasn't her fault. It was the WWE never p- pushed women during her time. You know, they make a big deal about how her and Lita main evented a Raw. And that's all you need to know. They never main evented anything. The matches were three or four minutes. They were quick. And early on in Trish's tenure in the WWE, it was certainly not about the wrestling. It was about her affair with Vince McMahon and about, you know, showing it off. I mean, she was the manager of TNA, Test and Albert, of course. But she did a really good job here, and obviously so did Charlotte. I, As much as I don't like Charlotte the character and Charlotte the, the personality, Charlotte can go. And her interest did a very good job. The only problem I had was Corey Graves, in trying to make a Trish coming out of retirement versus Charlotte comparison, decided to compare it to Ted Williams coming out of retirement. Okay, fine. What pitcher, Corey, is Ted Williams facing to compare, you know, Charlotte facing of Trish Stratus? So I guess Trish Stratus is Ted Williams. Who is Charlotte, dare you say? He compared and picked Noah Syndergaard, who's not even the ace of his own staff. So that one I didn't love. Can you do better than Noah Syndergaard? Can you say Jacob DeGrom? If you're a Met fan, Corey, if that's where that comes from, then say Jacob DeGrom. Oh, they're both blonde. Is that where we're going? But Trish used the figure eight on Charlotte. That was a sort of cool spot and Charlotte got the victory and i think we all knew Charlotte should get the victory and needed to get the victory you're not going to have you're not going to put Trish Stratus over the, the the problem at the end was I, I didn't think the crowd was giving Trish what the WWE thought they were going to give Trish cuz they stopped the music they're hoping for that crowd to pop and basically say thank you Trish i thought the crowd was very lukewarm at that point very lukewarm but this this, to me, I think the women in WWE have done a fine job. I mean, you could argue two of the three best matches tonight were women's matches. Like I said earlier, I thought the Becky-Natty Nat, match was fine. I just had a problem getting into the Natty aspect of it. I think this Trish-Charlotte match was very good. I think the best match of the night was Seth Rollins-Brock Lesnar, but two of the three best matches were women matches. That would never happen during Trish Stratus's era. In fact... Someone can look this up if you have a lot of time. Trish Stratus, her match with Charlotte tonight lasted 16 minutes. Was there ever a match in the history of Trish Stratus' career that lasted 16 minutes? That lasted 12 minutes. That lasted 10 minutes. If there is, it's rare. So you had her in a very different era. It's just, it's not Stone Cold versus John Cena. It's not The Rock versus John Cena. It really isn't two eras competing because the previous era of women's wrestling was embarrassing. And again, it wasn't embarrassing because of the women necessarily. It was embarrassing because of the way it was booked and the way it was treated. So to get me excited about, oh my God, it's a a woman from the Attitude Era versus a woman of today's era. No. Ah, Why would that excite me? You didn't give a damn about the women wrestling in the Attitude Era. Again, think about what Trish Stratus was doing in the late 90s and early 2000s. She wasn't even wrestling. And then you had the Orton match, and then you had the last two matches that were very good. So, overall, did the main event save it? I think that what the main event did, what the last two matches did, is it took a bad SummerSlam and I think ultimately made it decent. That's what I think the last two matches did. I think it did save the show by at least making it halfway decent. Now, what's going on with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan and Rowan? I have no idea. Now, I'm glad they didn't shotgun it and make it a match, but it was odd that here's Roman Reigns, one of their biggest stars, and they don't put him on the show, and they, they barely advanced the storyline. All they did was play clips of what happened. Now, I think a part of what's going on here, and we've mentioned this over past pay-per-views or big events, I don't want to say pay-per-views, but I keep saying it, is that they have so many wrestlers. They have so many guys that they have to keep people off shows. I mean, think about some of the stars that were not even mentioned on this show today. You've got a lot of them. Braun Strowman isn't around. You know? Bobby Lashley isn't isn't around. So you've got a lot of that. It's just odd for it to happen with Roman Reigns. If I had to sit here right now, because I always like to say SummerSlam is the beginning, the real beginning of the road to WrestleMania, I am confident to cocky that we're gonna get Roman Reigns Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That, that's, that's my sense right now for the Universal Championship. That I think Seth will I am more confident now that Seth Rollins will hold on to the Universal title until WrestleMania than I am Kofi Kingston. I don't know who I don't know who's gonna be Kofi. I certainly don't think it's gonna be Randy Orton. But as we sit here today, they have kept Roman completely out of the title picture. They have a great performance, Seth Rollins. He is the universal champion. I don't even know who his next feud will be. That should be interesting. But right now, and we can go back and check the tape, if I had to guess, the main event of WrestleMania 36 oh, my God, 36 will be Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns. Anyhow, that was SummerSlam. Coming up in the next few weeks on the uh, Evan Roberts podcast, we will have our first mailbag. I will just answer random questions. It was inspired by a caller who requested it. So I said to Scott and Jamesburg, you got it. We'll also have our fantasy football preview podcast featuring Stephen Howard Beach. That'll be uh, airing on August 28th. Our NFL prediction podcast will drop on September 4th. And certainly, as you may have heard, after the Met game on Friday night, there will be a lot of instant reaction podcasts to to Met games, and sometimes to Yankee games, and sometimes to whatever the hell you want. And you know what's also coming up on the week of August twenty first? This is, you talk about a niche podcast. You Ready for this one? Are you ready? You're gonna sh- you are going to delete the Evan Roberts podcast as soon as I say this. Don't delete it. Just don't listen to this. This edition, the one that I'm about to announce. On August 21st, we are going to talk all about the brand new Beverly Hills 90210, bitches. That's right. That is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I watched the new 90210 that came out about five or six years ago with the kids. And the new one which I am sure seven people listening to this podcast right now got to watch. But hey, that's the beauty of this thing. I'll tell you another podcast that's going to come out in September. Me and my wife talking about the TV show You. That's another niche podcast that'll be coming out. Uh, But you never know. You never know when an instant reaction one will come out. But thank you for listening to this one. The next uh, WWE big event is Clash of Champions. Clash of the Champions. No, I can't say the Clash of Champions. And of course, you will get an instant reaction to that. But thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. Goodbye now.